Welcome to Disputes Digest. Today is April 30th, 2021. I'm Chris Campbell. Don't forget to follow Tales of the Tribunal on LinkedIn to stay up to date with the news from around the world of international law, dispute resolution, and business. Before we get into it this week, first, if you're not already, go follow Tales of the Tribunal on LinkedIn and share it with a friend or a colleague. Or, better yet, leave us a review. First up is the news. This week we head to France as the Paris Court of Appeals maintains a pro-arbitration stance by upholding an ICC award. The award, valued at some 646 million US, was issued against a company owned by an Angolan billionaire, Isabel Dos Santos. In dismissing the application to set aside the award, the court accepted the legitimacy of a five-member tribunal appointed by the International Chamber of Commerce and dismissed allegations of bias against two arbitrators. The underlying arbitration was commenced back in 2015 by PT Ventures against its three partners in United SA, Angola's largest telecoms company, concerning alleged breaches of a shareholder agreement. An arbitration award was issued some four years later by a parasitic tribunal. The award included nearly $15 million in arbitration fees and costs. The petition for set aside was based on the allegation that one, the ICC court had violated the rules for constituting the arbitral tribunal by itself appointing five arbitrators, and two, that two members of the tribunal lacked independence. The court, in its opinion, stressed the importance of respecting the public policy principle of equality of parties in the constitution of the tribunal. The court also held that the ICC, the appointing institution, was entitled to appoint all five members of the tribunal itself, since allowing each party to appoint its own arbitrator would have provided respondents with three appointments and thus an unfair advantage that would violate public policy. Then, in a lengthy factual analysis, the court determined that there was an insufficient link between any of the arbitrators and the parties to substantiate such a claim. However, the court did emphasize, in its opinion, that arbitrators have a duty to disclose facts that may raise doubts as to their independence, even if they are public knowledge. Respondents had to act in good faith under the applicable law. A more in-depth analysis of this case is available in the show notes. Then to the United States, and continuing the trend of celebrities and rap stars intersecting with arbitrations, wait on it, the federal court in the Southern District of New York confirms an arbitration award of $2 million in fees and costs to prevailing parties and refuses sanctions against petitions sought to vacate the award. The case goes back to 2008 when Cognac Farron, a French producer of liquor and spirits, entered into an exclusive marketing agreement with Mystique Brands. Now this is where it gets interesting. In the agreement, Mystique agreed to purchase a certain minimum amount of Farron's products each year and to enter into a marketing with Calvin Brodus, aka Snoop Dogg, at Mystique's expense to promote Cognac's products. In 2009, Cognac terminated the agreement citing Mystique's alleged insolvency and unpaid royalties to Snoop. Mystique disputed the basis for termination and initiated the arbitration for damages. Cognac counterclaimed damages, and then two years into the dispute, Mystique did file for bankruptcy, and the arbitration was stayed pending the result of the bankruptcy proceedings, and then dismissed. I.e., essentially, the court dropped it like it was high. That's my one Snoop Dogg joke. Four years after that, and after the bankruptcy proceedings had ended, Cognac reinstated the arbitration, and a new arbitrator was appointed, who ultimately dismissed Cognac's claims. Further, the arbitrator awarded Mystique its fees and costs of almost $2 million as the prevailing party. Because Cognac's claims failed entirely, 
Following this development, Cognac brought its claim in the Southern District of New York seeking to vacate the award and simultaneously sought to enjoin Mystique's efforts to enforce the judgment in France. Cognac argued that the cost and fees should be vacated because in determining the Mystique was the prevailing party, the arbitrator exceeded her authority by disregarding the proceedings before the arbitrator, therefore manifestly disregarding certain terms of the contract and failing to render a final definite award by not addressing Cognac's request for fees and costs. The court disagreed, finding the Federal Arbitration Act was in fact the applicable law because the arbitration took place in the states and that the award could not be vacated because the court did not believe the arbitrator exceeded her powers nor did she demonstrate manifest disregard of the law. In concluding the matter, the court also granted Mystique's petition to confirm the award but denied its motions for sanctions, holding that although Cognac's arguments failed resoundingly, they were not without color or brought in bad faith. A link for further information on the story is available in the Next, we head to the United Arab Emirates, where a Dubai court of cassation has recently issued a judgment that tackles the effect of incorporating arbitration clauses by means of referring to the general conditions of FIDIC contracts, including the arbitration clause therein. In the case in question, the parties had agreed that the 1987 FIDC Red Book General Conditions Contract would govern the contract. Clause 67 of those conditions contained a multi-tiered dispute resolution clause which required all disputes to be referred to the engineer in the first instance for decision and then subsequently to arbitration under the ICC rules. The Dubai Appeals Court found that the arbitration clause can be incorporated by general reference. However, the Court of Cassation overturned the Court of Appeals holding that, quote, if referral to the FIDC general conditions was merely referral for the text of a document without specifying the arbitration clause in particular, i.e., which would indicate the party's specific knowledge of its existence, then the referral was not sufficient to extend or substantiate the arbitration clause. The judgment seems to establish that a referral to an arbitration clause in the UAE must have some element of specificity in order to make the arbitration clause enforceable and to avoid the possibility of invalidating the clause. From there, let's hop over to Singapore, where the recent decision in Convexity Limited versus, versus Phoenix Finn and others came down. In that decision, the Singaporean High Court set aside an arbitral award where a party had objected to the late introduction of an issue into the arbitration. But the tribunal erroneously thought that the parties had agreed on the introduction of the issue and then decided the arbitration on that issue. Ultimately, the Singaporean High Court found that the tribunal did not engage with the claimant's objections to the penalty issue being introduced into the arbitration. On this basis, the court set aside the award, finding that the tribunal acted in breach of natural justice and exceeded the scope of the arbitration and acted contrary to the party's agreed procedure. It is rather uncommon for Singaporean courts to set aside arbitral awards, but in certain circumstances, as here, where unusual facts are involved, courts are willing to do so. In particular, in this case, the tribunal seemed to misunderstand the party's positions and in doing so, failed to engage with a party's case. A link to the full decision can be found in the show notes. Finally, we end with one more short note, as ICSID and Uncentral released versions 2 of the draft code of conduct for adjudicators in international investment disputes. The new versions amend the original draft code, which was published in May 2020. 
There are a variety of style changes, including a reordering of certain articles based on recommendations of certain states and stakeholders. Comments on the version 2 draft are welcome and, and may be sent to the Uncentral Secretariat and ICSID's secretariats, respectively. Additionally, we'll include a link with a brief background in the show notes. Now, on to opportunities. In keeping with the same format as last week, here are some opportunities that may interest you. Stevenson and Hardwood is seeking an associate for its commercial outsourcing and technology matters in London. CMS UK is seeking an international arbitration associate for its London offices. Then, Nixon Peabody is seeking a litigation associate for its Washington, D.C. offices. Next, Michonne DeRea is seeking an associate for its fraud litigation team based in London. Finally, ICC Hong Kong is hiring for a position on a permanent basis for the Secretariat to be based in Hong Kong. All of these positions were posted on LinkedIn and further information can be found on their websites. Now on to events, of which we have a short list this week. First, on May 11th, the ICC Young Arbitrators Forum hosts an event titled The Do's and Don'ts to Win in Arbitration. The organizers add, discover the step-by-step tips to win in arbitration. The discussion will address procedural considerations, but also practical advice on how to structure interaction with the client you are representing, case strategy, constitution of the tribunal, preparation of written submissions and hearings, and more. The event is ideal for students, experts, and young arbitration practitioners. Registration is free and available on the organization's website. Next, on May 4th, the ICDR will host an event titled International Dispute Resolution Procedures and will discuss specific provisions and issues to consider when applying the ICDR's International Arbitration Rules or the AAA's Commercial Arbitration Rules. In an international arbitration context, the panel will compare two sets of rules and discuss how they are different. Finally, on May 5th, the Chartered Institute of Arbitrators Nigeria branch hosts an event titled Infusion of Artificial Intelligence into Arbitration. How practicable is it? The conversation will feature comments from top practitioners in the field of technology and dispute resolution and registration is currently available online. That's all we have for this week. Follow Tales of the Tribunal on LinkedIn and drop us a line at talesofthetribunal at gmail.com if you have comments or feedback. Until next week, this has been Disputes Digest by Tales of the Tribunal.